0: Um, we're in week three of our uh, Get Off the Milk series, and last week I talked about bad habits. Okay, I talked about what, what, are, what, what are the bad habits that are in our life, and this week I want to kind of give you an encouragement, right? I want to talk about the good habits. I want to talk about the, the things that we can do that are good habits, and so I want to give you a little bit of a a, a, a briefing. If you weren't here last week, you can go back. I haven't loaded it yet. Um, sorry, it was a really busy week, and I thought I had time, but I didn't um, to load last week's. It'll be both of them will be up uh, by this afternoon. Uh, but one of the things about habits is that what we do is not about behavioral modification; it's about spiritual transformation. Now. You have nothing to do back there, Kendall, because I did not load this message in. Okay? So don't follow along with any of it. Y'all just get to, there'll be nothing on the screen today. Um, we had internet issues this morning, and so therefore I was not able to load my message up. Um, and so she would have, I would have said, go, this message, and she'd been like, look, and I don't see that scripture in there at all. So I, I, I just remembered as I saw stuff back then, I was like, nope, don't go there. Um, so free day off for her. She got the printout. Just I didn't was able to put anything in. Okay, we literally didn't have internet until right before worship practice. So, uh, so it's not about behavioral modification. It's about spiritual. Tra- when you are spiritually transformed, you will act differently. But just because your behavior is transformed doesn't mean that you're spiritually any deeper. You can do a lot of things, action wise, that have that have nothing to do with your connection to the heart of God. But. As you get closer to Jesus and as Jesus changes your life, it absolutely changes how we live. I said this last week that hope alone won't change your life. And it sounds so different than what you probably think you should hear in church. Like hope, it's the, it's the very thing that you know, that faith is the foundation of. And, and, but listen, hope alone will not change how we live. Habits do. It's how we live. It's, it's, it's the, the things that we make constant in our life. Over 40% of the actions that we do daily are not the results of decisions. It's not even like I have to think about it. It is literally just the response of habits. I get up in the morning, and I blank. And after that, I blank. Because we have a habit. For some of you, you could make coffee and go to the bathroom with your eyes closed, probably still sleeping. Why? Because it's habit. You just do it. It's natural. It's natural. Some of you, there, there are things that you can do without even thinking about it because muscle memory, right? There, there are things, there, playing sports, my, my body has, like, no matter how old I get, I hope, I hope, <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there, um, you know, that, that there are certain actions that I've done so much in my life that there will be muscle memory. Guitar is one of them. I hope that I never like, get done playing that, but my fingers can, you know, can, can go back to, they may not play as well one day, but muscle memory will say, this is what, why, because I've created habits. Last week, we talked about, uh, we, we, I asked this question, who, with who you want to become, what one habit do you need to break? With who you want to become, what's one habit that you need to break? Because a lot of times we we think too much about like, well, this laundry list of things that I want to change in my life, and therefore we never do it, right? Because because when you make the big list, it gets overwhelming. I want to eat right. I want to get. I want to. I want to start working out, and 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 I need to read more books, and and I need to. And you make this list, and you're like, gosh, I'm, I suck. Right? Because listen, we could all make that list, right? Of the things that we don't do that we want to do. And that list can be long sometimes. Like everything that I just listed are things that are on my list. I suck. (laughs) Okay. But here's the thing. What if I just said, what's one thing that I can start doing that I can create a habit that will progress me from where I am to where God wants me to be? Okay, so if it's reading a book, okay, well, let's, let's just start every day giving 20 minutes to sitting down, no matter what's going on in my life, and reading the book so that I can, you know, I've got, I've got a stack of books at my house that I'm like, I need to get to reading that book. I need to read that book. And, and, and listen, what, what did I talk about? That, that, that the excuses of busyness will always be there, right? Busyness is a constant in our life. What we value, we will give time to. Some of us value chaos. I'm not looking at anybody. Don't judge me. Don't get mad at me. We talked about two things last week. We talked about removing the cue and interrupting the action. Removing the cue, which is the things that trigger the habits, and interrupting the, uh, the action, which is saying that when I get to the point where I want to do the bad behavior, I interrupt it and I change it. Okay, Those are the two things that we talked about last week. So with that in mind, thinking about how we change bad habits, and it's a constant thing. I want you to remember those things. I want you to continue to do those things. But now let's talk about good habits. So I had this thought late last night, right before I went to bed. We just got home from uh, the wedding, and and I mean, literally, it came out of nowhere. I'm just like sitting there thinking about my message, thinking about today, da-da-da-da-da, and this thought came out. And it was the difference between running to something and just running away from something. See, so last week we talked about bad habits. And, and I could preach all day long, just, just run away from your bad habit. Run away from the addiction. Run away from the bad relationship. Run away from this. Run away from that. But the question is, what are you running to? Because we can all run from bad things and aimlessly run. But when you run to something, you automatically run away from whatever it is that you don't like. Think about it. If somebody was chasing you with a knife, you're just going to aimlessly run around town? Ah, ah, ah. Sorry, y'all. of y'all, you didn't get enough sleep. You're right. You're not. You're gonna do one of two things. You're gonna to run to the nearest place or you're gonna run home, right? You're not just gonna run around, like you're just not gonna run around Camden. Somebody's chasing you. Ah! People are calling the cops. Nope, they're now on Jefferson Street. No, they're now on cash. Like, I don't know where they're running, but they're just running aimlessly. No, we're not just gonna run around. We're gonna, we're, we're. but I'm running to something, I'm going to run to the place that provides safety. I'm going to run to the place that maybe I know somebody can protect me, right? And so I run, when I run to something, I am automatically running away from the thing that I don't like. And so it's not just, oh, man, run away from bad habits and hope that you fill your life with good habits. No, run to good habits. I promise you the bad habits will fall away. One of the biggest life-changing uh, uh, spiritual dynamics in my life that God showed me was that if you stop focusing on the sin and start focusing on me, the sin will go away. Because the closer you get to Jesus, your sin has to. You'll start to, like, you'll do, you'll do something and you'll be like, ooh, this felt good in the moment, but the after effect didn't feel so good. And you know what I mean when I'm talking about that? When you, when, when you do something that is sinful, it may feel good in the moment. You may get that, that, that dopamine hit, that high, that, that, that feel good. But right after, when you love Jesus, that conviction will go, yeah, how do you feel now? And that's, that's God challenging you and, and making you a better person. And you go, yeah, I don't like that. I don't want to be there. I don't want to do that. I don't want to feel like that again, God. I want to be closer to you. And so we naturally run to Jesus. We will naturally run away from the things that cause bad habits. I wanna talk this morning about Daniel, okay? We're not gonna read a whole lot of scripture about Daniel. We're gonna read two sections of Daniel, uh, like three verses total. But he had one holy habit that he did that changed his whole life. One holy habit, okay? Remember, Daniel was a part of the, the group that came and, and the Babylonian Empire took him and they, and they tried to you know, form him into their image. But Daniel loved God. And despite being in the Babylonian empire and being in their leadership because they took him, uh, he had a great and amazing relationship with God. And the other leaders didn't like Daniel. The, The Babylonian leaders didn't like Daniel because he had favor with the king because of his favor with his king. So the Babylonian king was like, Daniel, you're so smart. You're so wise. You're so great. He gave him all these territories to be over. And the other leaders, they were were jealous. Oh, Daniel, how do we get him? And so they looked into his character, right? They got on his Facebook page. Like he had to say something. He had to do something, right? They checked his Instagram feed. Like, oh, I know he's posed with somebody. I know he's done something. They're checking his Twitter because he's probably, you know, some right wing nut. check, Check Twitter. They can't find anything on him. So you know what they said? If we can't find anything to attack his character, let's attack his spiritual dynamics. And they ran to the king because the king doesn't know God. And they said, king, there are people here that don't worship you and don't pray to you. And you need to make a decree because you know we're all like big egotistical freaks. And so they made the king feel good. They said, king, you should make it 30 days where nobody gets to worship any other God but you. King's like, yeah, I like that. So the king writes the decree, seals it with his, uh, his sign, right? And so you read in Daniel, Daniel 6, 4 through 5, and it says this. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way that Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him. He was faithful always responsible, and completely trustworthy. How would you love that to be the description of you? He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Well, yeah, it's Daniel. No, listen, he's just another dude that put his turban and his, uh, his, his dress on the same way that everybody else did back then, okay? He wasn't special. He was connected to God. See, so many times in the Bible, we look at these characters, and we go, well, yeah, but I can't be on Daniel's level. Yes, you can you got to be connected to the source like Daniel was. And that's how you get he was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. And this is what they said. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So they do this, right? And the king says, okay, for 30 days, nobody's going to pray, do anything that isn't to me. And then Daniel does something. Daniel 6.10 says this. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its window open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done giving thanks to his God. Now listen, this was not Daniel giving the big F you to the the Babylonian government. Like this is how we would like to read. Like, oh yeah, Daniel said, write a law about this. I'll show you. And he went home and he prayed and he opened his window and he said watch me pray. No. You know, it's, uh, it's like the you know, the 2A uh, I've been listening uh, to some podcasts and people just talking about gun laws and all that kind of fun stuff, right? And and we Americans like and, and listen, I'm one of them, okay? I'm one of them. I believe in, in in our right to bear arms, all of that good stuff, right? But here's the thing. You know, we see that scripture and we read it through a western american mindset and we think Daniel was showing them what's up. No, Daniel was doing what he's always done. This wasn't outside of his character. This wasn't, I'll show you me praying. Listen, when COVID hit, certain churches got filled because they didn't even care about going to church. They just wanted to show the government they could. I know churches that got big because of COVID, not because it was filled with Christians. It was filled with people that just said, you you said I can't go there? Watch me. You're, you had all this freedom to go to church prior to COVID. You could love Jesus all you want with your people. You didn't. But all of a sudden, the government says you can, and you're like, well, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Why? Because the doors were being threatened to be shut? Like, all of a sudden, He's your God? And that's how we read Daniel, but that's not, it says, it says that He went up to His room and He knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with the window open towards Jerusalem as he would pray. And he prayed three times a day just as he has always done. Daniel prayed just as he had done the day before and the day before that and the day before that and the day before that. It was a habit, a holy habit. And he said, nobody's going to stop that. You can write whatever laws you want. But it's who I am. It's my character that is going to come out in what I do. You can't, listen, you will only shove it to the man for so long before you're like, this is kind of boring. You will. If it is about behavior modification, you will get bored with it. When it's spiritual transformation, it's life-changing. God often does big things through small habits. What's the big deal with praying? Praying's no big deal. He did it three times a day. Nobody cared before that. All of a sudden, this day, they cared. And they threw him in the lion's den. And we've seen the cute little felt board. He's in there dancing with the lions. No, these were hungry people. They would starve the lions, so they would be so hungry that, I mean, like, literally the body would drop and, you know... And if you read the story, he survives, right? God shuts them out to the lion. And when they get him out, like they they go to town feeding on something and somebody. It was because Daniel was doing what he's always done. One holy habit of prayer changed Daniel's life. And not only Daniel's life, but when, 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 because of his relationship with the Babylonian king, when all that went down and he went through the lion's den and the Babylonian king called him out and said, Daniel, are you down there? And he's like, yo, I'm here. The king said, come up. He said, listen, this God is for real. People's lives will not be changed because you get a wild hair to be on Jesus's side because it's popular. People's lives will change when they see your character and your habits follow through if nobody else cares. I pray three times a day. I go to my room, and I I open up my windows towards Jerusalem, and I pray. And Nobody cared before then. Now it's a big deal, and I'm going to continue to do it. Nobody cared about how I spoke until I started to change my habits. And when I started to change my habits, they started to recognize that, oh man, he's speaking differently. This happened in my life. I remember being in high school when I came to know Jesus and and I would start talking and I I came to know Jesus and I'm like, hey, you know, and my friend said something. I said, you know, I haven't cussed in a long time. They're like, ah, shut up. You, you, You cuss all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I used to. I haven't in a long time. And no, that's not true. Say so, yeah, said, when's the last time you heard me say a cuss word? This is a conversation I legitimately had in high school. And they were like, well, what? No. What about when? Mm, no. See, they're not going to notice right away because, you know, no big deal. Six months down the road when you haven't cussed in six months. Oh. If we do it to get people's attention, we will fail and go back to what we're used to. When we do it to please God, when we do it to make our relationship with him, with him stronger and better, then it doesn't matter if anybody likes it or not. Never under, underestimate how God can start something big through one small habit. One habit leads to another, which leads to another. So I got this other question for you, okay? So last week it was based off of your, uh, where you want to be, who you want to become, what one habit do you need to cut out? Here's my question for you this week. Based on who you want to become, what's one habit you need to start? What's a bad habit you need to get rid of? What's one good habit you can start? Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says this, Let us hold unswervingly, in other words, without change, to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. See, here's, here's what the scripture in Hebrews is saying. is saying, listen, um, we, we need to be consistent. We need to be strong in our conviction towards living for Jesus. We can't be wishy-washy Christians. You know, oh, I'm gonna be a Christian on Sunday when it's easy, and when I'm around everybody else that's just cussing and, and cutting up and, and, and doing, I'm gonna be that guy. Bible says that that person is unstable in all their ways. Like, they don't know if they're coming or going. I would rather, you listen, I would rather you be real with me and let God change you than to try to fake it in front of two different groups. It's okay to say, man, I'm a mess, and, and God's working on me, but don't say I'm a mess and I'm just gonna sit here. And don't come into church thinking you're holier than thou while, I, while you know you're out here doing whatever you want to do to please this group. He says, let's hold an un, un, unwavering consistently to the call that God has for our life so that we can encourage one another to live holy habits. That's what it says, to be in action and in word. So I'm encouraging. Hey, Deanne, how you doing today? How's your, how's your relationship with God? Let's, 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 let's work on that. Hey, hey, Chris, man, how's your prayer life? Man, hey, you know, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? And I'll pray for you. Hey, hey, man, how's your devotional life? How, hey, how, how are you doing with, with, with accountability partners? You know, like, hey, listen, we're gonna strengthen one holy habit together. Let's, let's do that. It says, let's spur one another on so that we don't get used to not going to church like some are in the habit to do. And that's a whole nother message that I'm not even gonna touch today and really be like preaching to the choir because you're here. But nonetheless, he's saying, listen, don't get caught in bad habits. Let's challenge each other to find good habits. So I'm gonna give you, I gave you two things last week about getting rid of bad habits. I'm gonna give you two things this week about uh, making new habits. They're real simple first one is this. Make it obvious. Make it obvious. Okay, uh, in there, uh, Kendall, I believe the habit cycle is in there. I want I want. I do want to, can you find that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's right before, uh, keep going back. It's going to be before remove the cues, I think. Yeah, that one right there. Okay. So, The habit cycle we talked about last week, right? It's cue, craving, response, and reward. In other words, there's something that I see that causes the craving that makes me act a certain way, which means I get the reward, okay? So in California, our family had this thing that we started every Saturday where we would go get donuts, Every Saturday, we'd go to the same donut place, we'd get donuts, we'd sit down, we'd have donuts, and then we'd go do our day. Even if we were leaving town, we'd stop by the donut uh, store, we'd get donuts, then we'd go along our day. If there were sports, we'd stop either before or after the sports, we'd get donuts, and we'd go about our day. That's where I got this, okay? We're just saying that, okay? Now, we moved to Arkansas, and my family stopped liking donuts. I don't know what had happened. I never stopped liking donuts. Every Saturday, I get up, I drive to the donut store, I get me some donuts, I order you some donuts, and I go about my day. That's my Saturday morning. It really messes my Saturday when I'm not around my donut store, okay? It's a cue. It's like I wake up on Saturday, literally within the first three things that I'm thinking about, I need to go get a donut. It's unhealthy, but I like it. But it also, I have to order you donuts, so I must get myself a donut. It's, it's only fair, okay? Because I don't eat a donut on Sunday, I eat it on Saturday. And so so I have a cue, man. I go, to, I go to a Saturday morning, ding, donut. It's my cue. And, and so I go, and, and, and we all have things that we do that are cues that kind of awaken us. Our dog, Bosh, has a cue, okay? When our front door opens, we have two dogs that like the front door. One of them just wants to run away, which be my guest. Um, the other one, the other one, he just has a cue. The door opens. He wants to go with you. Listen, that dog will walk, well, he'll only walk so far with you, but he will definitely walk to the car with you. And man, he thinks when that door opens, he's like, it's car ride time. It's car ride. And so you open the door and he, listen, that bulldog is as slow and I mean, like the rest of the day, he's just like, do, 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 do. that door opens. He's like in the Indy 500, Pew! like his big old coconut head is like trying to, I mean, I'm literally got my foot on his head at times, like, boss, you can't go with me. And this dog is, he he said, listen, that, that door opened. It's my cue, we're going somewhere. Whoever his owner was before didn't take very good care of him, but took him on car rides. I guarantee you. And that dog thinks every single time the door opens, I'm going on a car ride. We all have cues. And so last week we talked about with bad habits, we need to remove the cue. Well, this week we need to make it obvious. In other words, your cues determine what you do. If you want to change what you do, you got to change your cues. Create healthy cues. Make it obvious. If you want to read the Bible every day, put your Bible out. You won't read what you can't find. I think the the last uh, statistic I read that the average American home has three Bibles in it. The average American home has about, I I, I lie, I think it was two and a half, which I I don't know who's ripping up the Bible like that, but hey, cool, whatever, okay? I'm not judging, I'm just saying, okay? How many do we have just on a bookshelf, holding up the coffee table, you know? If you want to make it obvious, we've already broke one of those today. If you want to make it obvious, put it out. Put it in front of the fridge. I know none of us go hungry. I forgot to read my Bible. You didn't forget to eat. Okay? You coffee drinkers, put it on your coffee maker. Oh, listen, you better stop talking right now. Right? Put it on. Why? Because either one or two things are gonna happen. You're gonna read your Bible in the morning with your coffee, or you're gonna have to move your Bible and you're gonna be like, oh God, I'm so sorry while you make your coffee. <laughs> Change your cues. Oh man, I, you know, I really want to get into a, a habit of, of doing devotions. Set an alarm on your phone for whenever is the best time, morning, noon, take your lunch break, read a devotion at nighttime when you're going to bed and your phone starts ringing an alarm. Hey, dummy, time to read. It's time to pray. I think this is the greatest idea. I did not make that up, by the way. I'm serious. Like, I, I got that idea from somebody in this room. I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll let him remain nameless because I don't know if he wants to be, but I was like, it happened. and I was like, what was that? And he goes, it's time to pray. I'm like, that is the coolest thing ever. I'm like, that, you, what? He goes, yeah, it's like set like twice a day. Just, it reminds me to pray. I'm like, he made a conscious effort To change his cue so that his mind was recognized. I need to pray to God. That is so awesome. It's so easy. Make it obvious. You know, we we technology, you know, we can listen, you can turn your phone off. It's the little button on the side. And if you don't want it like completely off, you can actually tell it to go to bed. That nobody can reach you. You know, anybody else ever been offended when you text somebody and says, they have settings set to nighttime? And I'm like, what? I'm not special enough to get through? And then you start to realize, oh, that's called healthy boundaries. Gotcha. Craig is one of them. He, if I text him at a, after a certain time, it's like, sorry, he's not taking notifications. It's Yeah, he's a grandpa. Seriously, it's bad. Um, like, his is really, really bad. It's like 6 p.m. I'm like, dude, you are Wow. Um, but it's healthy. It's healthy. Listen, boundaries are good. Everybody say, boundaries are good. We have been told boundaries aren't good. You should be reachable. Pastor, it's midnight. I should be able to call you. you get to listen, not going to happen. It's going to ring. One, because I have my phone on vibrate, and it's probably not going to wake me up. If you really need me, you just keep ringing or call Stephanie, or listen, at some point we'll wake up, or we'll, we'll get you in the morning. Unless it's life or death, then maybe we won't. Um, but that's when the pastor lost them. We gotta change our cues, y'all. We gotta make it obvious. Put reminders to do the things that you wanna create good habits, start a cuss jar. If you have a bad way with words, man, you may be able to fund your vacation before you change your habit. It will work in your favor for two ways. You'll like, okay, I'm going poor, but I get to go on a trip, and I stopped cussing. A negativity jar. But listen, if you really want to change, you'll you'll find less excuses and more ways to do it. Change your cues. Make it obvious. Don't make it hard for you. Make it obvious, which is my second point. We got to make it obvious. We got to make it easy. Make it obvious. We got to make it easy. Make it obvious. And then when it's obvious, you'll go, I want to put this at the top of my priority list. Okay. So what do I mean? um, I will do blank after I do blank. Daniel, what did it say? It said that when this law was written, what did he do? He went up to his room and he prayed, what, three times a day, like he's always done. Anybody want to kind of, I don't know, I didn't know Daniel personally, but anybody want to guess what he did probably during those three times a day? I'm thinking like an American, he probably ate. I have my breakfast, I pray. I go home for lunch and I pray. I have dinner and I pray. Three times a day I eat, three times a day I pray. I will eat after I pray, or I will pray after I eat. If we make it easy and attach our habit to something that we're already doing on a daily basis, I will get up, I will brush my teeth, and then I will do my devotion. Yeah, but what if, what if, it's, what if it's a crazy day? See, you're already giving yourself excuses, Right? You're already giving yourself an out. Um, I've heard this many times in my life, that if you have a plan B, you will execute it, right? Well, you know, this person seems like a good friend, but I'm gonna make sure that I have that exit plan. Somebody texts me if I don't wanna have coffee anymore. uh, Just give me that emergency phone call. Or you'll, you know, some people, you're real smart. You set your alarm to sound like your phone's going off. Hello? If you haven't tried it, it could work. I've never done this, but I actually just saw a video about it where they set their alarm to their uh, to their phone ring, and then they took a screenshot of the answer call that looks like you're getting a phone call, and then so when your alarm goes off, the screen pops up, and then it looks like you're getting a phone call, and you're like, there's your exit plan. Um, but listen, that's not that's not healthy, not healthy. I will do after I do. It's called habit stacking. You already do certain things. All of us have habits. Why not stack a good habit next to a habit that you have to do? Y'all get dressed, thank God. Why don't you stack a good habit next to that? After I get dressed, I will spend five minutes in prayer. You know, you'll be surprised with how how short of a time period it'll take for you to, like, you throw a shirt on and your brain goes, oh, it's time to pray. At church, I'll just be handing out sweatshirts. You'll be ready to pray. You're like, oh, got to pray now. But, like, habit stacking. After I turn my TV off at 9 p.m. or 12 p.m. or whatever your time is, I'm going to do a quick devotion. Your brain starts to go, the TV's off, now it's time to do a devotion. Habit stacking. Make it. Easy. Don't set yourself up for failure. Set yourself up for success. First Timothy four seven through eight. Do not waste time. It should just pause right there. But do not waste time arguing over godless ideas or old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life, in, uh, to come, and, the, and for this life and in the life to come. I love this idea. Train yourself for godliness. Oh, we, we trained ourselves a long time ago to cuss that person out. We got in the habit of doing that. Oh, we trained to, to gossip. We trained to, to speak negative. We trained because we made it a habit. Now what if we trained ourselves to undo all of that and to speak life into people, to speak power into people, to speak godliness? What if we trained for godliness? It's not gonna just happen. You don't just slip into godliness. It takes time. Don't get distracted with the things that don't matter. So many of us argue and and, and give time to things that do not matter. Enemy's biggest tool. Man, if I could just get them upset about whatever the next political thing is, they'll take their eyes off Jesus. Oh, if I could just get them all up in arms about this one thing, then they'll take their eyes off of Jesus. You don't think the enemy's smart at what he does in keeping the church powerless? Oh, he knows what he's doing. When we train for godliness, we don't allow that because we're in good habits, because we're making it easy and we're make it obvious. Zechariah 4.10, and then we're gonna end. Matter of fact, you can come up. Zechariah 4.10, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Don't, don't, don't despise the small things. Oh, pastor, I've been doing so good. I, I haven't cussed in like three weeks, and then I talked to the AT&T representative <sighs> First of all, you're forgiven, my child. I think they do it on purpose. They, they literally work for the hand of the enemy or really any other customer service that you have to call. But listen, the enemy, here's how how the enemy is going to work. You're going to do so good, and then you're going to make a mistake because we're human. And The enemy is going to go, see, I told you, you weren't that good. I, I knew you'd screw up. I knew you couldn't go longer than three weeks. And the enemy starts to attack us. We have two options. We can, we can listen to that lie or we can recognize it because the habits that we are creating, because here's the thing. When you know the truth, you don't even have to know that it's necessarily a, a lie. You just need to know that's not truth. You know, the people that, that, that work with counterfeit money, they don't go and seek out all the different counterfeit money. They just hold the real thing long enough. Examine the real thing so so that they can spot a fake because it doesn't feel the same way. It doesn't look the same way. It, It doesn't have that funny little dot right there because I've examined the truth long enough. I know everything that's a lie. We're running around trying to find the lies, but we don't know the truth yet. We haven't attached ourselves to the truth yet telling you stop chasing the lie just just put yourself next to the truth and the lies will make themselves obvious so when the enemy says you're nothing but a loser you go yeah but Jesus he's my truth I don't have to be all that he is and he covered me paid in full for all my screw ups and I'm not trying to screw up anymore but man I'm going to happen it's going to happen sometimes but I'm going to get back on my holy habits Don't despise the little starts because they lead to big things. I want to end with, with this last point and it's simply the point is the ending. Once we've made it obvious, once we've made it easy, be consistent. Consistency in life with anything is key. Anybody can do one thing good one time, but be consistent at it. When we say greats like Babe Ruth in baseball, he struck out more than he hit home runs. But they don't remember him for what he did wrong. They remember him for what he did amazing. Why? Because he was consistent with it. There's nobody greater, and we could start a whole basketball debate, but there's nobody greater that you want to have the ball in the hand than Michael Jordan. I don't care. I don't need a flopper like LeBron. I need a guy that at at, at the final seconds, he's ready to put a three-pointer up with five people on him. He's looking sideways backwards and shooting it from the locker room and still makes it. Okay? Who goes and plays the championship with 104-degree flu and balls. They don't remember all the free throws he missed. They remember all of the amazing shots where he has posterized somebody and made them look like a fool be consistent. If you if you follow any basketball you, uh, Steph Curry who plays for the uh, Golden State Warriors, he'll go out and practice the stupidest shots over and over and over and o- like and you would get tired of it but it's why he can consistently take half-court shots and make them. It's stupid. Why? Because he's lucky? No, it's because he's trained to be consistent. His story, in and of itself, is pretty interesting because they said that he should not play in the NBA. Coming from a college like Davidson, he shouldn't have been drafted as high as he was. He's gonna—he's—he's he's just gonna be an okay bench guy. Steph Curry won like four championships or five championships. I don't know, you just stop losing count. The guy just constantly wins. Why? Because he's consistent. He's not talented, he's consistent in training himself. I found this scripture in Romans out of the message translation. It says this, cultivate, which means create, make, put some work and effort into it, cultivate your own relationship with God. It's not my job as your pastor. I can't make, listen, I can't make your relationship with God be anything that it, that I want it to be. I can't, I can't, I can't force you to pray. I can't force you to get in your Bible and read. I can't force you to have an amazing relationship. Cultivate your own. Pastor, I'm just not feeling fed at this, at this church. Probably because you're not feeding yourself at the house. We don't like what pastors say because we're not getting enough of it at home. And so we're like, feed me, a spoon feed me, get off the milk, get some steak at home. Cultivate your own relationship with God. Don't, listen, I love this, don't impose it on others. But pastor, you want me to invite people to church? Yes. You want me You want me to tell people about my faith? Yes. I don't want you to become the SWAT team kicking people's doors down, telling them, you've got to know Jesus. You're going to go to hell and I'm going to drag you to heaven. That's not how this works. You do, listen. You don't get to, I like, listen, I love Rodney, but if he's gonna go to heaven, it's gonna be on his own accord. I'm not dragging him there, right? Don't impose it on others. You're fortunate if your behavior and your beliefs are coherent. But if you're not sure, if you notice that you're acting in ways that are inconsistent with what you believe, some days trying to impose your opinion on others, other days trying to please them, then you know that you're out of line. If the way you live isn't consistent with what you believe, then it's wrong. So, not exactly how you want to end a good message about good habits, but let me tell you this. That's Jesus for you. Tuck your toes in if you don't like it. He says, listen, don't show up in church and think you're pleasing me. Don't, don't read your Bible for, for five minutes and think, look, all heaven and earth should move. I've read my Bible. Now I'm gonna go and cuss out people. Now I'm gonna go to school and I'm gonna talk bad about people. Now I'm gonna go to my job and I'm gonna gossip about people. But I've had my holy moment with Jesus, but now I'm gonna go do whatever I want. He says, if you're inconsistent, you're, you're, you are wrong. I didn't say it, Jesus did. If you got somebody to get mad at, take it up with him in your prayer time. He says, be consistent. Don't be perfect. It's not about being perfect, be consistent. Let's pray. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, man, you know what? I, that last point, be consistent. Maybe that's your biggest struggle. If you're saying, I love Jesus and I, I want to have a good relationship with him. And I, I, the struggle bus is consistency. I just feel like I really need to pray for you. Nobody's looking around. Just, I want to pray for you. If that's you, just raise your hand. I, you're like, man, I just need consistency in my life. Amen. 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 God sees those hands. Amen. Now, the challenge is is that nobody else can create it but you and God. But I can pray for you. So, Father, I pray for those that raised their hand and said, I need consistency in my life. I need consistency in my relationship. God, I pray that you would convict those that want that consistency. Convict them to, 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 when their mouth opens up and they want to talk bad or they want to do what they normally do, that, God, that you would say, Ah, uh no, nah, let's fill those words with positive. Let's fill those words with godly thoughts. Let's fill that time with things that are going to matter. God, I pray that you would invite us into a life-changing atmosphere of consistency, that we would know those truths so much that we would know when a lie invades. God, that you would help us to make it obvious, to change our cues up so that we create holy habits like Daniel. That we make it easy. Christianity is not supposed to be hard. We make it hard, God. Your word says to love you first, to put you first, and then to see people the way that you see people and to love them that way. So God, help us to make it easy so that we can change the world around us. So we can have an impact in the three feet that we constantly have around. The people that invade our space, that they will know that we love Jesus and that we may not be perfect, but we're definitely striving to look like him, act like him, speak like him. That we will shift culture because we want to be consistent with our relationship, creating holy habits. We love you, Jesus we praise you we give you glory and honor God I thank you for those that give into the tithe every week to, at this church God that we are able to make a difference in our community in places like the call in places like uh, all different uh, areas in our life Easter coming up and all these different areas God this this is what we do we, we are able to make an impact because of those that financially give I thank you for them bless them I pray that this week we give opportunity to reach people but also to help start changing our habits We're running towards you, God, not running away from things. We love you, Father, in your name we pray, amen.